Hi, everybody. Welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi, podcast number 622 for February 5th, 2017, Super Bowl Sunday. Hi there, Rick Moyer in for Rico today. Um, I am going to be uh, sharing with you a TNG episode, one of my favorites. Of course, all of them are my favorites. So, hey, this is called The Pegasus. Lots of great goodies for you, plus a free song at the end of the show that you can have from my collection from me to you. And we'll be talking about Star Trek Discovery, the brand new little trailer that came out with the behind the scenes stuff. And a whole lot more right here on Treks in Sci-Fi. Let's get started. Insert coin. Treks in Sci-Fi. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. You know, it's always fun to do Treks in Sci-Fi. I haven't been able to do it um, for a while. Other than the year in review, uh, I've been so busy. You know, I really owe a lot of my success in my business and the, my career and stuff to Rico. I know that sounds funny, but it's true. You know, Rico allowed me to do a whole bunch of things here on the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast. If you go back and listen to some of the episodes, you'll see that I did a lot of parody songs and a lot of guest hosting and, and really got to know a lot of different people and and uh, improved my equipment here in the studio. Then I decided to go into business for myself. And not just many of you don't know this, but I also learned a bunch of stuff about uh, doing websites from Rico as well. He actually built my very first website for my business. And from there, as I started working with the template that he gave me, I now do um, oh a good, I'd say, 40, 50 percent of my business on uh, doing websites for people now, too. So uh, not only do I uh, do that and do voiceovers and different things for different companies and videos, but I'm also the afternoon disc jockey on Kicks 95.3, the harbor's new country here in Aberdeen, Washington. I'm on the country station, uh, the new country station. I tell everybody that we play rock and roll um, with a twang. Yeah, it's like 80s rock with a twang. And uh, that's his, that's the new country stuff. So I actually host a live show every day from 2 to 7 on our local radio station here. You can always uh, stream it if you want to listen. Kind of funny to hear me playing country music, but uh, you can hear it. Uh, you just go to kix 953.com. But I've been so busy between that and then I'm also a uh, interim pastor for a Baptist church out in uh, a town called Raymond where my wife grew up at. So I'm busy doing that on Sundays as well. So not a lot of time to do some of the things I really enjoy, but it's all right. You know, it's a season in my life and uh, things change as we go along. But I always love listening to Treks and Sci-Fi. And although I haven't been as involved as, as I want to be in everything, I'm certainly still around and uh, sure love everybody that contributes and posts on the Facebook page and everything. That's just great, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like I'm still part of the family, even though I'm not around as much as I want to be. Well, uh, exciting things. If you want to know, my wife is doing well. Amy's doing awesome. We're now empty nesters. My kids have uh, all disappeared well not in a bad way but uh, my two boys are married and out on their own and my youngest my daughter just turned 21 years old and lives about 45 minutes away from us in olympia and works at a starbucks so there you go it's kind of different we're getting used to being alone all the time which is is fine we have lots to do and uh you know i don't know it's just quieter and we don't spend as much on food <laughs> how's that work Anyway, I'm still really geeky. I'm really enjoying a lot of the different things that are coming out and especially kind of excited about the new Star Trek series coming out, Discovery. Now, 
when I first heard about it, I was really excited. And then as things went on, you know, and some of the people that were leading it and everything got shaken up and then left the, the production of the series, I kind of got a little scared that it might not be good. Then finding out that it's going to be on CBS All Access, that you had to buy a subscription. People have been fighting over that, saying, "Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pay money to see Star Trek." Well, I will. They got my money before they even. I mean, they just have to announce it. I, I can't, you know, I can't not watch Star Trek. So I'm just gonna have to fork over the money and watch Star Trek. So we shall see. It was gonna be out already this month, or actually last month. It didn't come out. Now they say it was going to be out in, I think, May. And I don't know if that's going to happen either. So we'll see. Hopefully by the end of 2017, we'll have a brand new series called Discovery. It didn't take at all the direction I thought it would. Uh, it's a lot different than I thought it was going to be. And I'm curious why they set it in the timeline that they did. And it's, um, I, I don't know. I, I know what I'll do. I'll play the promo for you. All right. Here, let, let me play the promo that just came out. It was a behind-the-scenes thing and got everybody pumped up. Well, at least me. On March 11th, 1964, Gene Roddenberry wrote three words on a blank page. Star Trek is. What followed was half a century of stories, unbridled by the constraints of time or space, but always a reflection of what it means to be human. Now, Star Trek Discovery will begin that sentence once again. Action! Production has begun on the next chapter. Star Trek Discovery. Coming to CBS All Access. All Access. I love how they have the guy, that great announcer, the good voiceover guy. I noticed those things. So, yeah, Star Trek Discovery. Now, I don't know the possibilities here. I, I thought they were going to be endless, but now that they've put it before uh, the original series, I don't know. Um, some of the uniforms that we saw in that promo... Of course, we just listen to it. But if you watch it on, on the net, you will find that uh, it has some of the the same feelings of Enterprise and some different things in it. But uh, yeah, I heard it's supposed to be really Klingon-y. I don't know. You know, a lot of this is just conjecture and rumor, so we don't really know. We've only seen what they've let us see. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm really hoping it's going to be good. I really need it to be good. I want to watch Star Trek again, new Star Trek, and not... No offense. I, I, I don't mind the J.J. Star Trek stuff. You know, it's okay. And I watch it. But I don't know. I just kind of like the classic Star Trek. So let's see if if it's good or not. I'm holding my breath. Not too long. I start turning blue. So, yeah, we'll see how it all turns out. I, I hope it's going to be awesome. And I don't mind paying for it because, well, it's Star Trek. And they've already got my money. <sighs> Oh, by the way, I did get a really good deal uh, when Rico posted on uh, Facebook page there on our, our group that uh, Next Generation was available. $99 for the entire Blu-ray, um, you know, improved, uh, enhanced versions of Star Trek Next Generation. Got that. Ah, it's on my shelf. I love it. And there's some really good stuff on there when you watch it. It's pretty neat. Got that for my son for his birth or birthday for his uh Christmas present as well. Yeah, we're Trekkies. What can I say? All right. Well, today I'm going to be talking about the episode called The Pegasus. Next Generation, I'm very fond of it. I would have to say, if I was looking at the series, Next Generation would be my favorite, uh, followed by TOS. And uh, then I really liked Voyager. Um, Enterprise was good. Yeah. Deep Space Nine, it was awesome in its own way. So I, you know, the animated series kind of goofy, but I like the I like campy and goofy, so I like that too. Uh, I just like all sorts of Star Trek. I like all the movies. I think they're really fun. Uh, in particular, my favorite movie is um, has to be Undiscovered Country. I think out of the Star Trek movies, and then First Contact is really good too, and uh, Rathacon is really awesome. Anyway, 
I love Star Trek, but we're going to be watching or listening to me. You're going to listen to me watch an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation from the seventh season, the last and final season of The Next Generation. And we're going to see some surprise guests. Well, not surprise. You've probably seen it before. But we are going to talk about this whole idea that they came up with, which I think was a brilliant episode. And I loved it. So without any further ado, oh, by the way, stick around. Towards the end of the podcast, I'll have a free song for you that I wrote, and uh, you can have it for free. It's available on iTunes, but I'm just going to give it to you for free. You can jam to it wherever you are, and that's coming up at the end of the podcast. So without any further ado, here we go. Star Trek Next Generation, The Pegasus. All right, the show starts out, of course, in the, the observation lounge. Captain Picard Day is one of the and it's Captain Picard Day, the uh, props that you see on the table and the drawings and everything were actually furnished um, from a local grade school by the studio. And then one of the uh, prop master, a couple of his kids helped make some too. I don't know, I think the resemblance is rather striking. Wouldn't you agree, number one? Originally, they weren't going to have this to open up with, but because uh, Jonathan Frakes did such a great Picard imitation, they wanted to get that in because they thought it was funny. And so they went ahead and had him uh, do his little Picard thing. Best line, here it is. The fine list will be here in half an hour. You have to first, second, and third place, and four honorable mentions. Warp the captain. You can tell that Captain Picard is not thrilled about having a Captain Picard day. Now we get an admiral that's calling to talk to uh, Picard. Yes, admiral. Captain. This lady that's the the uh, admiral here looks just like a lady that I used to go to church with. Acts like her. Everything we every time we saw her, we would say, "There's so and so." The Enterprise is to rendezvous with the starship Crazy Horse in Sector 1607 immediately. You're authorized to exceed warp speed limitations for the duration of this assignment. Sweet. I get to go faster than I the car will go. What is our assignment? That's nice. I'd prefer not to discuss it over subspace channels. Best the crazy horse awkward be thing coming up when she sees the banner behind uh, Picard. Very well. I love this. Captain Picard Day. Oh, uh, yes, it's, uh, it's, it's for the children. I'm, uh, <laughs> a role model. I'm sure you are. <laughs> Start me out. What a great, great comedy line there. <coughs> now we see the crazy horse uh, in space next to the Enterprise. Oh, uh, Paul Menegay, a seven-year-old. He did a most interesting clay sculpture of my head. Was that the orange one with the lumpy skin? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll be interested to know that I've arranged for a Commander Riker Day next That week. was great. I've, I've arranged for a Commander myself. Riker Day. Great. Energize. Aye, sir. Now, here's the, the big reveal. There he is, John Locke from Lost. Will! Young. I bet you never thought you'd see me again. Terry O'Quinn plays good to see you, sir. Admiral. Yeah, sure it is. You look like you're about to faint. No, it's it's just it's been a, a long time. Uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard, Admiral Eric Pressman. Eric Pressman. Yes, of course. You were Will's first commanding officer on the uh, the Pegasus. That's right. As a matter of fact, the Pegasus is the reason I'm here, sir. She's still out there. With Rare that we ever see Riker in the. Founder. I don't know. A agitated state. He didn't like that very much. That his uh, commanding officer is there. Okay, so this is from the seventh season of uh, Star Trek Next Generation, written by Ronald D. Moore. It's called The Pegasus, and directed by Jordy. Yeah, LeVar Burton directs this episode, does a great job with it. It would be uh, episode Space. number. The final frontier. Let me see. The final production number was uh, 40277 
264. It was the 163rd episode out of 176 produced in TNG. So it was, of course, season seven, the last season. I sure could have gone for a few more seasons of Next Generation. Such a great show. The plot to this particular episode was um, thought up, of course, by um, Ronald D. Moore, who uh, wrote it. Inspired by a novel called Raise the Titanic. It started with the premise of a mystery ship uh, from the past, which holds a secret within it. Classic sort of tale right from the get-go. All right, so here we go. The Pegasus, the little title comes up. As you know, the starship Pegasus was lost in this sector some 12 years ago, along with most of her crew. I was her captain, and Commander Riker here was my helmsman. I remember hearing about it. The ship was destroyed by a warp core breach, as I recall. The captain and I, along with the seven others, managed to make it to the escape pod before the breach became critical. From space, we observed what appeared to be a You can tell, again, Riker is uncomfortable the ship. Um, no wreckage was talking about this whole thing. Obviously, there's more to this story than we're, we're knowing at However, this point. all that changed three days ago. Starfleet Intelligence has an operative in Romulan High Command. He sent us a message that a Romulan warbird had located a piece of debris in the Devilin system. Uh-oh. So the Romulans have caught a hold of it. The the and they're going to go searching for it. They found some debris from it, from the Pegasus. The Pegasus was a prototype. Experimental engine, new weapon systems. In fact, some of our designs were used in constructing the Enterprise. Well, that's an interesting little tidbit of information that the Pegasus, some of the, the technology on the Pegasus was used uh, and it inspired stuff for uh, the Enterprise. We'll need metallurgical and chromographic specs on the Pegasus in order to set up the proper search parameters. I'll make the appropriate information available to you. Very well. Laying a course for the Devilin system. Ronald Moore said that this episode had uh, similar themes to Honor and Duty like the first duty when Wesley Crusher um, got in trouble Captain, at Starfleet Academy. We are approaching the Devlin system. Any sign of the Romulans? No, sir. Oh, they're out there. They're just waiting to see what you're going to do. Mr. Forge? There's an awful lot of ionizing radiation in this system, Captain. That and the amount of sheer rock is going to slow down our search a little. How slow? I'd say at least... Sir, Romulan Warbird decloaking. Uh-oh, oh, here we go. Romulan Warbird uncloaks right in front of the Enterprise, and they turn on their weapons. They're gonna do something here. Sir, they are hailing us. Oh, interesting. They're hailing us. On screen. Now this is the first time we ever saw an African American Romulan. I'm Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Federation Starship. He was the very first one. Captain Picard. Heard so much about you. And I guess the original makeup had it, they lightened him and then uh, decided against that and uh, went back to giving him his own flesh tone and color. I always thought that was interesting in Star Trek that uh, I liked it in Enterprise when they had the five different races of the Zindi. You know, the five different kinds. May I ask what you and um, always interesting in Star Trek. I ask you the same question. When they are a we lot more open-minded about being realistic. How interesting. Because there would be so all sorts we. of different types of Romulans. Just like there's all sorts of different types of humans. Share our findings. I doubt our objectives are compatible. We finally get to see that. Perhaps you're right. This has been a most pleasant conversation. I wish they would have explored it even further. I think that would have been cool. Then I won't keep you. Sir, they're moving off. So, what's going on here is that the Romulans are suspicious of the Enterprise. They, they pretty obvious. I mean, they know that the Enterprise is looking for the Pegasus. 
But now Picard is going to try to throw him off track a little bit and continue to search. Initiating sensor sweep of grid zero. I mean, it's coming up what he's going to do. So how long have you had that beard? About four years. So now we're back in the uh, ten forward. Pressman that, uh, and uh, Riker are having a drink at the bar. Ensign Babyface. <laughs> now we get to know that uh, Riker was his nickname was Ensign Babyface. Like Somehow it doesn't fit to me, but that's all right. Age. Really? <laughs> I've been known to tell a joke or two. Well, it's about time. You were always so serious on the Pegasus. Huh? It's kind of interesting. You get to see a little bit more of what goes on in Ten Forward. There's a game going on next to them with some cool alien lady. Come all the way out here if I didn't. What about the experiment? You think we're going to find that too? Maybe. Now we find out that there was an experiment going on. I think a lot about what happened. Especially on that last On the Pegasus. So do I. It's not the kind of thing you just forget. Hmm. You ever wonder if we did the right thing? I remember watching this for the very first time and thinking, wow, this whole side of Riker I didn't know about. It was kind of cool. And we can't blame ourselves if the others couldn't see that. I know, but... Maybe we went about it the wrong way. Well, this time we may have a chance to do it the right way. So Pressman... If this mission is successful, if we find the Pegasus and the experiment... Is looking for this experiment that the Pegasus was doing, and he wants to bring it back. You want to try again? It's not just me, Will. The chief of Starfleet Security has personally given me her assurance of complete support. Another admiral gone rogue. How many other people know about this? Not many, and it's up to us to make sure... A little group of uh, Starfleet elite trying to uh, do something illegal. Well, now, here sets up a really awful situation for Riker. Um, Pressman says he can't tell anybody, not even Picard, what's going on here. That it's just between him and Riker, and he's not to talk about it. Or tell the truth or reveal what's really going on. That's a difficult situation because we know Picard and Riker now, seventh season of Next Generation, are pretty close. As a matter of fact, I never met Will until he reported on board at Powerpoint. I love it here. We're in uh, uh, Picard or Pressman's quarters. I don't know. I can't tell. Uh, but uh, they got so much better at the special effects. You can see in the background uh, asteroids. Floating around, and uh, there's no glossy lights on the windows anymore. They they finally figured out what they were doing, really caught their stride, and uh, the show looks really good, especially the enhanced version. You know where they the HD stuff. It's pretty awesome. There was an incident on Altair Three when Will was first officer of the Hood. He refused to let Captain Desoto beam down during a crisis. He disobeyed a direct order. This was interesting, too, to find out why General Picard picked he he Riker to be his first officer without ever meeting him. And when I read that, I knew that I had found my number one. He was really looking for a, an officer that would challenge him. I wanted someone who would stand up to me. Someone who was more concerned with... And most captains would say, I want them just to do what I tell them to do and not question me. And in this case, Picard was like, you know what? I want him to question me. I want him to be uh, critical of my decisions because it just makes me a better captain. I'm aware of that, Admiral. Of course you are. I guess this mission has brought up some old ghosts for me. Interesting, too, uh, when I told you that the the very beginning scene with Captain Picard Day was actually going to be um, Data, Troy, and Riker rehearsing Pygmalion. But um, Michael uh, Piller was uh, skeptical of it and said, no, I don't like that. Let's do something different. And so they came up with uh, Captain Picard Day. Because, again, they like Jonathan Frake's impersonation of Patrick Stewart. <laughs> but I can tell you this. Twelve years ago, I needed an officer that I could count on in a crisis. 
Someone who would support and obey my decisions without question. Someone who was willing to trust my judgment. And that someone was Will Riker. Without his loyalty, none of us would have survived. Interesting. So we find out that... Uh, oh, uh-oh, here comes Riker. He doesn't look like he's doing too well. Comes into sick bay with his his hairy chest showing. Looks like he hurt himself. Oh, no, he was playing bat with... He was doing moves with Worf and got hit. It's broken, all right. And broke some ribs. I can't believe us. Terrakeen for the pain. Take two Terrakeen, call me in the morning. No, it was my fault. She's got a little salt shaker. It can happen to anyone. Helping her, healing his ribs. Cool little green thing going on. Oh, look at that. And the wound disappears, yeah, the bruise better. goes away, and he's feeling better. Will, it's all right. You made a mistake, no harm done. It'll be better next time. Yeah. Having some Lipton tea with some uh, lemon in it. Yum. Scan of grid 157 is complete. I am moving to grid 158. The Romulan warship is still searching grid 270. They're sure spending a lot of time over there. I wonder if Commander, <clears throat> I think we might have just struck Pater. And it looks like Jordy found the Pegasus uh, inside a subspace resonance of one of the asteroids. From, that asteroid. from the frequency How would it get inside there, I wonder? Captain Picard to the bridge. Take us to within 10 kilometers of asteroid gamma 601. They had a science advisor, many of them, on um, the Star Trek set. Uh, Andre Bormus, Bormus, Bormusness. I don't know. Anyway, he's the one that uh, provided all the techno babble to the series with the uh, duonetic field named after Daystrom's duotronics in the Ultimate Computer. Remember the original episode? Signatures originating from somewhere beneath the asteroid's surface. Beneath the surface? How is that possible? The asteroid contains several deep chasms, large enough for a starship to enter. It is possible the Pegasus drifted into the asteroid's gravitational field and was pulled down into one of the fissures. I love Data. He's so cool. The Romulan warbird has altered course once again. They're heading toward our position. Uh-oh. They probably want to see what we're so interested in over here. Mr. Data, how long will it take have to, to play a little game of cat and things? mouse here so that they, the Romulans don't find the Pegasus? If the Romulans start searching the asteroid, they could find the ship before we do. I recommend we destroy the asteroid. Oh, this is an interesting and bold thing. Uh, Riker says, you know, let's just destroy the Pegasus and the uh, asteroid so the Romulans can't find it. But Pressman is not happy with this idea. Captain, could you give me a third alternative? Mr. Data, would it be possible to saturate the asteroid with Verteron particles that would mask the resonance signature and prevent the Romulans from detecting it? Picard's so smart. For the deception to succeed, it would have to appear to be a natural phenomenon. Verteron particles are artificial in nature. Verteron particles are artificial in nature. With high levels of ionizing radiation. Oh, there There's you so go. Come on, Jordy. Romulans won't know the difference. Mr. Data. Theoretically, sir, it should work. Hmm. If we do this, we have to do it fast. The Romulans will be within sensor range in less than a minute. Make it so, Mr. Data. Aye, sir. Okay, so they're going to saturate it with a particular radiation or some sort of thing that's uh, going to look like a natural phenomenon so that the uh, Romulans don't find anything out of the ordinary. If it doesn't work, we'll have handed them the Pegasus. Ooh. Pressman's not happy right about now. Helm, one quarter impulse. Engage. All right, so the Enterprise continues to search, even though they know where the Pegasus is to throw the Romulans off course here. The Romulans are initiating a tachyon scan of the asteroid. Uh-oh. Tachyon they scan of the, the asteroid going. Array. Beginning another scan. They're scanning away. They're certainly being thorough. Let's hope they don't find it, because if they the find it, the show's over. <laughs> if they found the well, I mean, we might have a little fight on our hands. I don't know. Teams any second. But, of course, we know what happens. They are moving out. And so the Romulans don't find anything, and they take off, going back out to uh, search around. The Romulans that we're still looking for the Pegasus. I want you to continue scanning this system. Okay, Picard. I want to be back at You're the asteroid at 0800 hours tomorrow. 
plan your search pattern accordingly. So by 8 o'clock in the morning, they're going to be back Admiral, at the asteroid and going to take a closer look. Please excuse me, Captain, but I think I'd better turn in early. He invites uh, Pressman, or Picard invites Pressman to dinner. Pressman doesn't oh, want to have dinner with him. To my quarters when you're off watch. Aye, but now Picard sets it up to get, get uh, Riker alone in his quarters to uh, grill him. Commander, I want to see you in the captain's ready room. What is he, a fish? Today you have the bridge. Aye, sir. He's being grilled. That's from the big goodbye, by the way. Okay, so Pressman takes him into the, the ready room. What's the matter with you? And chews him out. And you can tell that, that this admiral is nuts, man. Man, look at him. He's like freaking out. They put a little much, too much guy liner on him, too. He, I think he has... Uh, he looks like theater makeup on him. Now he gathers his thoughts. I haven't enjoyed it, if that's what you mean. I hope you understand that it's necessary. I understand that you think it's necessary. By the way, they were so impressed with Terry O'Quinn's performance Changed. that they actually thought about bringing him back for an episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. But um, as things go, honest, it didn't work out. Kind of change in you, Will. State your opinion and stand by it. But they really like him. Who used to sit at my helm and worry about pressing the wrong button. A lot of things can change in 12 years, Admiral. Yes, they can. But it's important that a man changes the right things in his life, not his sense of course. This of episode is foreshadowed uh, of loyalty. unintentionally loyalty. by the events of the next things. phase, which was a I would like to think great episode as well of Star because Trek, in which the Romulans are also developing a cloaking where? device. They can phase through matter, and we're going to find out about that in just a little bit. Not your ordinary cloaking device. Twelve years ago, a lot of older and more seasoned officers turned away from their duty, but you stood up for what was right. I think I really, the reason I like this episode so much I'm is sorry, we get to see kind of a, I know the kind of a different side of Starfleet than we I have. Count on you, again. you know, everything is usually hunky-dory, and by the end, everybody's happy. And in this case... Um, it was a bad situation that happened. Riker has some ghosts or some skeletons in his closet. So now we see Picard having a little dinner in his quarters. And here comes Riker. Thank you. With the analysis that Picard asked for. Is there something else, sir? Looks like Picard was eating some Chinese food there. Looks pretty good. Kinda want some. Judge Advocate General's report, Stardate three six seven six four. Subject inquiry. Into mutiny. Oh, interesting. So Picard Pegasus. finds out Based on that uh, mutiny has taken place. There is to conclude that certain members of the crew but remember, just like the first duty when um, against the Jake Lacano, um, the they he made his team not give up certain information, so they couldn't get in trouble for it. But something did happen. Yet you've never so Picard. No, sir is now realizing, hey, something's all, this is not like Riker. I had to pull in quite a few favors at Starfleet just to get a look at it. Mm. It seems that it was classified by Starfleet intelligence. So it was classified, this particular story. That's why you didn't know about it. So, not only was the Pegasus carrying sensitive equipment, which must not be allowed to fall into Romulan hands... Not only was there a mysterious explosion which seemed to destroy the ship, but didn't. Uh-oh. Picard's on to him. But it seems that there was a mutant. By the way, the the episode now before I've this one was Parallels. Remember that one where Worf went to the Batleth tournament? Uh, came back on his birthday and uh, went through some type of thing. And uh, every time he got around Geordi, he shifted into an alternate universe. That was Parallels. Something went the wrong. Before this one. There was an explosion. An <coughs> and then the next one is going to be Homeward. <laughs> In the midst of this crisis, the first officer, the chief of engineering, and most of After the this episode where um, against Captain Pressman. Worf Why? finds his brother on the planet. The ship. And you? I was seven months out of the academy, my head still ringing with words like duty. So now we find out why, why uh, Will decided to... When they turned on him. 
stay with his captain instead of mutiny with the rest of the so rest of the crew of the Pegasus. And I defended my captain. It saved Will's life. Two or three others joined for sure. us, but it was clear by then. But he doesn't feel good about it, you can tell. We felt a need to get off the ship. There was a running firefight all the way to the escape pod. Wow. About five minutes after we left the ship. I would love to see this done on screen. Wouldn't that be so awesome like, if they would have gone back and maybe <coughs> done a whole episode about how this happened? The judge advocate also believes that the surviving officers... It's a great episode. You know, I like the uh, the creativity and the depth of the story. It's really good. I mean, you, you could have several shows come out of this particular idea. Sir, may I suggest you take this up with Admiral? I'm taking this up with you, Will. Ooh, the card is passionate now, isn't he? You were participating in a conspiracy to cover up the truth. Now, what the hell is going on here, Will? I just, I, I just am amazed at the acting ability. In in season seven, they they had hit such a stride. They were doing so well with their acting that this particular episode is so well acted and. You're, you just get immersed into it. There's no there's no point where you say, boy, that's overacting, or, or you say, well, it's kind of boring. It's really great from the start captain. to the finish. I cannot force you to disobey and I love the Therefore, tension here between have to um, Captain Picard and Commander Riker. And I will just have to trust that you will not let Pressman put this ship at unnecessary risk. Oh, my. And if I find that that trust has been misplaced, then I will have to reevaluate the command structure of this ship. Whoa. In other words, he may just fire Riker if things don't work out the way he thinks they should. Originally, the Pegasus was a Cheyenne-class starship, but they changed it to an Oberth-class, uh, so a new model wouldn't have to be constructed. It cost too much. So when you see the Pegasus, when we finally get there and look so at it in main engineering, look carefully at one of the displays and you'll see that it has a fourth nacelle configuration when, in fact, the uh, O-Birth class didn't have that fourth one. But it is on this thing, so they didn't have enough time to change it all. Mr. Wolf. Where are the Romulans? Great music in this episode, too, if you listen carefully. Uh, little known fact, uh, the guy, John Debney, I think is his name, um, well known for scoring other episodes and the main theme of Sequest DSV. So we've heard his stuff before. Debney had... Uh, but how do we get previously it? composed music for DS9, The Negus, and DS9 Progress were the other shows that he scored. He's got a great it, great feel for the there music. I love the music in this particular episode. So now they're finding that they're not going to be able to go in into the with a shuttlecraft into the asteroid. But they're now Pressman actually is recommending they take the Enterprise. This in. Is large enough for us to maneuver wow, in. that's a Besides, big deal. If we ever hope to salvage the Pegasus, we're gonna need a starship to do it. Mr. Data. Scary you part is what if they get in there sir. and they have a problem? I'm unaware of any prior situations where a starship was taken so deeply inside a planetary body. First time there for everything, Data. Admiral, I don't think that we can risk I've made my decision. Prepare to take the Enterprise in, Captain. That's an order. <coughs> Excuse me. Mr. Data, will you please note in the ship's log that this action is being taken over my explicit objection. So now they're going to take the Enterprise into so the... Noted. Or I shouldn't say they are, because Pressman really is the one initiating this. Yellow Picard's not happy Shield about it and has Data logged the fact that he doesn't Gates. agree. Plot a course into the chasm, maneuvering thrusters only. Course plotted, sir. Take us in. Wow. They're really going to go in there. Now, the lady that said course plotted, sir, actually didn't have a speaking line. Um, Data was originally going to say that the course was plotted, but 
uh, he pointed out, Brett Spiner pointed out, hey, that wouldn't come from me. That would come from um, the other one sitting over there in ops. So they uh, they got her to say the line. Kind of cool. Admiral, if this passage narrows to less than 500 meters, I will abort the mission. You can charge me with insubordination if you wish, but I'm not going to risk the Enterprise. Picard has such a loyalty to his crew and ship. And a large what a classy guy. Pressman's a jerk. Sorry. Oh, there we go. We see... Wait a minute. The Pegasus, but it's not in... It's not in its total form. It's like... Pegasus. It's like surrounded by part of the, the however, of it is asteroid. The asteroid. 65% of it Pacific is inside the asteroid. Inside solid rock. Weird. Yes, I do not understand and I have to say, the first time I saw this, I was like, yeah, that's cool. Every time Let's I see it, I think it's cool looking. We have to begin the what a cool operation. idea. The equipment we need was in main engineering. Can you scan that section of the Pegasus? The starboard bulkhead of main engineering is contained within the rock face. Most of its compartment is still intact. Well, there we go. There is a hull breach in that section. If we begin a power transfer, can we restore life support systems to that compartment? I believe so, sir. The breach can be temporarily So they're going to try now to, to, uh, See to it. Once put a force field around the breached right area of engineering Admiral, I would and like to uh, put some, team. There's some very sensitive equipment over there I don't want anyone else near. put some life support in there so uh, somebody can go down there yes, and sir. look at what's going on um, Picard wanted to send an away team and Pressman says no it's just gonna be him and Riker this is just awesome so they beam down into the Pegasus who's it's which is in the rock face this is amazing and what's even creepier, though, when they start going through this, the special effects and the makeup and stuff, we this find open the space for 12 years. we find the dead crewman here, um, preserved in the vacuum of space. And when they turn the lights on, it's like, ooh, oh, there we go. Oh my gosh, the crew! Oh, looks like a, a Vulcan there that's uh, dead. Oh my gosh. This is just such an awesome set. They did a great job on it. it the rock is phased in and around all the different technology. Pressman. What a he's such a narcissist. I mean, he doesn't even care about the people that are dead and everything. Riker's kinda, you know, grieving and uh Pressman's like, We're not here for a you know a memorial service or a now, Pressman already has opened up the area where this particular experiment is going on. And he's unhooking it right now. I kept hoping it wouldn't be here, that it had been destroyed. Here's the moral dilemma now of this whole show, and that is that the the cloaking device that they're trying to get here is against the law in the Federation. And we didn't know why up until this particular episode when they explain it, that there was a treaty made. I'm afraid my choice is this. I can't let you Originally, Gene Roddenberry had the reason that they didn't have cloaking devices in the Federation was because Starfleet wouldn't go around sneaking around like that. But that didn't hold weight for some reason with the canon of Star Trek and... Eventually, it became a treaty where the Federation said they wouldn't develop cloaking technology. But obviously, they have it. I knew most of these people a lot longer than you did. Yes, it was tragic, but it was their fault. You don't know that. Neither of us knows what happened after we left. It's not hard to guess. They tried to So the moral dilemma here is that Riker knows it's wrong. No. But Pressman is pushing for it anyway, and they're gonna. Take this technology. Now, this isn't just your normal cloaking device either. This this device will enable you to phase through solid matter. That's why the Pegasus is uh, in the rock face and in the, the bulkhead and stuff. There, it's it's uh, phased into it. I wasn't a hero, and neither were you. 
What you did was wrong, and I was wrong to support you, but I was too young and too stupid to realize it. You were the captain, I was the ensign. I was just following orders. And if you hadn't, you'd be dead. A lot right of bad things have happened for just following dead orders. You to a bunch of Atrocities committed when people are to see what I was trying to do. They were brave enough yes to risk men and don't question what's really going on. A treaty the Federation signed in good faith. That treaty has bound our hands and given the Romulans a tactical advantage for the last 60 years. I was mm. simply trying to level the playing field. And now you want to try it again? How many people will die this time? 50? 100? A thousand? All right, you don't want to help me, fine. But you are still under my direct orders not to talk Again, about what you know. Again, great I acting. You to follow those orders to I the mean, letter. you sucked right I into the story. You, mister, and I can break you just as easily. Ooh. Do you understand me, Commander? I made you, mister. And I can break you just as easily. Okay, we have a situation on our hands now. Stand there was some Enterprise. shaking of the ship. Uh, Pressman grabs the cloaking device. And they're beaming them back to the ship right away because some bad things are going on. And we leave the dead crewmen of the Pegasus on the Pegasus and we realize now there's a little trouble going on. Report. What's going on? The Romulans have destroyed the entrance to the chasm. Oh, smart Romulans. They just took the escape route and uh, caved it in on itself so that the, the Enterprise is stuck Sir, inside the asteroid. An incoming message. And it now we're going to have a problem. On screen. Aye, sir. Captain, you seem to be in a very unfortunate circumstance. How can we help? Uh -oh. Are you responsible for this? I'm not sure. We were conducting some geological experiments on the surface of the asteroid. <coughs> it is entirely possible that we accidentally sealed you in. Ah. If only we had known you were beneath the What surface, a cunning Romulan. Your plans with us. This might have been so they intentionally sealed the Enterprise in there. Captain, but I will offer to help you. How? By transporting your crew aboard my ship. We'll take you back to Romulus, where, after a short stay as our guests, you will be returned. <laughs> sure, we'll take you back to Romulus, you and um, I will take we can hang out. Advisement. As you wish. We will be continuing our research in this system for a while longer. I wait your decision. By the way, when you watch this episode again, go back when Admiral Pressman and Riker are being transported back from the USS Pegasus. Uh, with the cloaking the device. The tricorder used by Pressman is left behind on the top of the console where the equipment was installed. He, and of course, magically it appears when he beams aboard Captain, I have a suggestion. <laughs> There's a piece of equipment in Admiral Pressman's quarters under guard that might get us out of here. <coughs> Not a lot of con continuity problems, though, with this episode. They did a real great job again. As I said before... You just ended your career, Will. That's what it's about. A cloaking device. In the Treaty of Algeron, the Federation specifically agreed not to develop cloaking technology. And that treaty. By the way, the guy that played um, the Romulan commander, Michael Mack, is his name. That treaty has kept us in peace for 60 years. And as a Starfleet officer, you're supposed to uphold it. Now that's enough. I'm taking command of this vessel. Mr. Worf, escort the captain to his quarters. <coughs> Pressman now takes over the Enterprise, or at least tries, and everybody just kind of looks at him like, what? Nobody's following his orders, though. Come to your defense this time. How do we use the cloak to escape from the asteroid? What? It's more than just a cloak. Mm. It changes the structure of matter, in theory. A ship using this device could pass through normal matter that's amazing what a cool so idea and what a great technology yeah you wouldn't you like to have that you'd be a ghost cloak could be the greatest breakthrough in weapons research in the last yeah pressman way to go it's illegal it's uh -oh. in violation of an agreement that the federation signed in good faith captain i think we could adapt the cloak for the enterprise now this always kind of made me wonder about it though because here's picard saying it's illegal it is possible sir. um we sh this is wrong, blah, blah, blah. And now, let's use it and get out of this mess. So. What? 
Really? Captain's log. You think he really would have done that? I guess it's the only way. But I think it's interesting that he he Picard is like, this is illegal. This is not good. And then he goes and turns around and says, let's use it. Which doesn't Commander, line up with it. We've the impulse engines through the plasma conduit. Pretty cool looking cooking device. The levels. If they get too high, we'll blow the entire relay system. You don't want to blow the entire relay system. Jordy knows I think this. That's what happened twelve years ago. The cloak blew out the plasma relays on the Pegasus after we left the ship. The plasma ignited in space, and it looked as if the ship had been destroyed. Wow. So the ship drifted into this system. The old ignite the plasma space. trick. We've seen that on Star Trek a few times, huh? The cloak failed. Remember when they did that with um, uh, with the episode where the Stratagema guy they were doing the war games, and the Ferengi were gonna wondering why the Hathaway was uh, being protected by the Enterprise, and they used the old ignite the plasma thing when they got their warp their warp one for what one second or something like that. Report. Wesley's Close experiment. Functioning normally. That's a great episode. The matter energy phasing rate should be sufficient to pass through the asteroid. Take us out. Maneuvering thrusters only. Aye, sir. We will reach the rock face in five seconds. All right, here we go. Are they going to go through the rock or are they going to crash right now? Here it goes. Three, two, one. Boom. Now that's cool. What a great special effect. They're phasing through the rock right now. I guess the cloaking technology is pretty cool. We have passed through two kilometers of the asteroid. They've gone through two kilometers, kilometers, kilometers of the asteroid. And they're still going. We're approaching the surface. And look at that. They made it out. They're still cloaked, though. We have cleared the asteroid, Captain. The warbird is off the port bow. The warbird doesn't know they're off the port bow. Disengage the cloaking device. Commander. All right, here it goes. He's you turning off the cloaking. Uh-oh. Which is what everyone will know. Very so sure. now we find out why Picard's going to use it so that he can show the Romulans that they've been using illegal technology. And there it goes. Oh, that was cool. The Enterprise... Shows up out of send a message to the being warbird. invisible. Inform them that their government will be contacted shortly about this incident. Aye, sir. Admiral, I am hereby charging you with violation of the Treaty of Algeron. The so Treaty of Algeron. Wow, a cool treaty. Admiral, if you will come I guess. Captain, I'll have to be placed under arrest as well. Friends at Starfleet Command, Captain. Love this line. Uh, Pressman gets into the elevator. Picard says, You're going to need them. Oh, man. So Picard goes in to visit Riker in the detention cell. After um, Pressman is gone now. I've spoken with Fleet Admiral Shanfi. There will be a full inquiry once we reach Starbase 247. And that will probably lead to a general court-martial of Admiral Pressman. And several others at Starfleet Intelligence. Your involvement in this affair is going to be thoroughly investigated, Will. There'll be some hard questions for you to answer. I understand. Interesting uh, fact to note that um, this particular um, episode was going on in um, in the last episode of Enterprise when Riker was running that holodeck simulation. Um, the way that the whole thing works out, it was actually this episode that they were in at that time and he was in there trying to figure out if he should uh i was going to deal with that cloaking device and everything so that's interesting even though it was the worst episode of the enterprise or of enterprise ever what a s silly ending to that show and there we go riker's going to get uh, grilled again and things are going to happen and there we go we end up now with the pegasus 
What do you think? Did you like the episode? You should uh, email Rico and let him know. TrekSF at gmail.com. He would love to hear from you, I'm sure. I would, too. If you want to email me, you can. Um, it's Rick at TakeHimWithYou.com. If you want to get a hold of me, I would love to uh, talk with you and uh, let you know what I think. Of course, you already know what I think. I'd like to know what you think. So there you go. The Pegasus. Great episode. Star Trek Next Generation, my favorite Love the thing. Uh, I've watched so many episodes so many times. Ask my wife. We do this little thing where um, I start the episode. I watch it every night before I go to bed. And and uh, she can tell you the plot within the first three seconds. And then she rolls over and goes to sleep and I watch the episode. So, yeah, that's how much I like it. And, uh, you know, one thing about Next Generation is I watch it and I always feel good. Uh, very, very few episodes make me feel bad. If I'm having a rough time or a rotten time or if I'm sick or just I need to pick me up, I put on Next Generation and I always feel a lot better about life. That's just how the show goes. It's pretty awesome. All right. Well, that does it for the episode. Now, um, I promised you before um, that I was going to give you a free song um, that I have on iTunes. And I'm going to do that right now. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. It's uh, was going to be on the uh, part two of Stargazer. And I ended up not um, not producing that because I had too much going on. I didn't have enough time to get it all done. Uh, so I think I'm going to play with you uh, So Many Moons. Or, yeah, I think that's the one I'm going to play for you. And uh, you can just enjoy it. Enjoy the song and uh, jam out to it. And again, just want to say thank you to Rico for letting me guest host today. Trex and Sci-Fi, this is an awesome community. And you know, even though we don't use the forums as much as we did, we still have our Facebook group, and I uh, still love the friendships that I developed here uh, from this podcast. What a wonderful group of people, and having Star Trek in common is such a great thing. So here you go, my gift to you. Enjoy the song, and uh, I will talk to you later. Thanks, Rico. Have a great day, everybody, and thanks for joining me for Treks in Sci-Fi. Mm-hmm.